Hey everyone, welcome back to Office Politics. I am your host, Jasmine Reed Clark, and this is the space where we talk about life after the offer letter. Now, for the next few episodes, we'll actually be talking about entrepreneurship what inspires it, how to survive it. I was mostly the one taking notes. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how curiosity and even being underestimated led to one woman being wildly successful. Today, we have on the Pillow Bar's founder and CEO, Merrimack Dillon, and we get into a lot of heavy topics, including being underestimated as an entrepreneur, prioritizing progress over vanity metrics when exploring something new, and how to build a community of trusted, respected experts who want to see you succeed. Now, even if you have no intention of being an entrepreneur, there's still a lot of great nuggets in here. So for those who are interested in people management or are just even curious on how to show up as a better individual, this episode is for you. Keep on listening. Hi, Mary Mack. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. Well, today I'm excited to have you on. It's really nice when I can meet someone who's local to Dallas. And I know about your story through social media, but for our listeners, can you tell us the very unique story that led you to opening the Pillow Bar? Well, you know, it goes back to 14 years ago when my husband had really terrible back surgery and I was in corporate America and suddenly I found myself in the world of chiropractors and neurosurgeons, which I knew nothing about. And suddenly they said to me, oh, do you understand he may not walk if he doesn't have the very best pillows, very best mattresses, and he may need a walker. And boy, did that get my attention and it snapped my head. So I ended up uh, spending some time in the neurosurgeon sleep clinics. And suddenly I'd quit my job and I'm in the garage building a pillow bar, a pillow making machine, which I'm not an engineer. I'm just a woman who knows how to use power tools on a mission. And then here we are in the yeah. pillow bar is born, which by the way, what does your husband or what did your husband think about everything when it was happening in real time? You know, I think he would walk out, he would, he, fortunately, he walks really well, uh, but he would come out to the garage and he'd open the door and look at me and he'd listen to my whole diatribe from the day. But I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And he actually is an engineer. And he'd say, I got nothing. Would you like some? Would you like a glass of wine? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I hope all spouses are taking note. When in doubt, just offer us a glass of wine and <laughs> it'll be great. But, Actually, I... I love hearing that, especially knowing kind of the irony of your husband being the engineer. Um, What were you doing before the pillow bar? Oh, I was in corporate America. I was director of marketing in the Doral Hotel Group. And I'd been with Arby's and just always in marketing and PR and just never thought about moving into my own business like that. But I come from an entrepreneurial family, so it was somewhat of a natural step at that age in my life. 
And it's interesting that you talk about it, it almost sounds like it was innate and in your blood and entrepreneur to entrepreneur, a lot of the times things are built or made out of necessity. And it's like, okay, I see a problem. I don't really see a ton of solutions. So let me be the solution. And it sounds like that's really similar to what you experienced. But is there anything else that really pushed you, whether it be intuition or you know, the, the, the encouragement of a loved one where you were like, you know what, let me leave corporate and tackle this head on. It frightened me to death when that doctor looked at me and said, do you understand he may not walk? Well, we were in our late forties and I thought, oh, oh no, oh no, no, no. I'm going to do whatever I can do to keep him walking and healthy. And that, that would change your life so dramatically. So he was a college athlete so it was very eye-opening. So I really was driven to help him. And in the course of it, I had this wonderful neurosurgeon who said, let me help you. And then it just, the ball started rolling and then I was having fun. And the thing that really threw me over the edge is I went around to visit all the down companies in the United States with there just a few. And this young gentleman, he was in his 30s. He patted me on the shoulder and he said, it's so cute that somebody like you thinks you can do that. Well, my head nearly popped off. Steam came out of my ears. I got on the plane to come home and I thought, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to figure this out. So I thank him all the time. <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope you sent him an embroidered pillow and you were like, thanks so much. Like jack off. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it takes somebody to kind of push you over the edge or tell you, oh, you couldn't possibly do that to set you into high drive motion. So I thank you. It, I love that story because I almost, it didn't end up happening, but I almost put let your haters be your motivators in my, <laughs> as the quote for my senior yearbook quote. Um, but I think you bring up something that's really interesting about being motivated by your naysayers and knowing that you are a woman in business. And truly, I know this happens across all different backgrounds, Absolutely. but I would love to know what have, what has your experience been like and how do you really overcome those moments? Because I would imagine you kind of get that little voice in your ear from time to time saying, but maybe you can't do it, Mary Mack. And like, you know, I had that voice a lot and it would keep me up at night. But I thought nobody's done this before because everybody follows the rules. And I didn't know the rules. I mean, I didn't know what the rules were. I'd never been in the pillow business. I knew nothing about how a down is or how you fill it. Or So I went on a research and, you know, mission to know everything I could about it. And everybody was been in the business for generations. And I thought, well, they know a lot about what they know about. But I said, well, why can't you do this? And they said, because it's ju you just can't do that. That's never been done. And I thought, well, does that mean it can't be done? So I didn't know the rules, and I think that really helped me. Ding, 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 ding. Isn't that incredible that sometimes that can be your superpower? It's almost like I think it's interesting when we want to dismiss people who are recent graduates and because they, they lack experience. And not to say that 
there isn't a time and place for people to obviously learn and grow. However, people can also bring refreshed perspectives and just look at something from a completely different angle. And I love that that worked for you. It did work for me. But the one thing I did, my father's long gone, but he was a wonderful entrepreneur. And I did learn from him that there were some things that were important. And I went seeking an older person, man, woman, whatever, who had been in the retail business for a long time and been in the manufacturing business. So I, I called my banker and I said, do you have anybody in your stable of customers who might be able to give me advice? And they were not only thrilled to give me their advice, and I intentionally told, chose older people because they had been there, done that. And they told me some wonderful things. And, you know, not everything was a guidepost, but it certainly stayed at the periphery of my mind of, oh, he said I should maybe consider not doing that. <laughs> and this is why. So it made me do extra research in whatever area that was. So I did rely on the experience of older people who'd been here and done this before. But I did just keep plowing along day to day. And I don't know why I had blind faith that I could do it. Oh my God. I love that. And I think blind faith is so important. And I have a question for you when it comes to that blind faith and intuition, is there any sort of criteria that you press it against when you're really at a crossroads, whether it be something related to the business or maybe even something in your personal life that you, maybe it's a mantra you come back to Hmm. or a mission you come back to? It's painted on my wall in my office. Attitude and integrity will give you the success you want, but it's nothing without love and faith. My father preached that to me every day of my life. So I literally here in the office have it painted on the wall, very big. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think as long as you're making progress, um, every day you're making a step forward. Now, if you constantly are hitting a wall, you have to, you have to kind of research that and say, okay, if I if everywhere I turn there's a wall and I can't find a window to go through, maybe you should reassess what you're doing. But I just kept finding windows. So I just kept going through each different window, keeping in mind the attitude and integrity. And you know, I really think that helped me along the way a lot. Um, and I kept my faith. <laughs> I, you just took the words out of my mouth. I'm writing it down. I kept finding windows. I think that's something no matter what industry you're in, you have to hear that. And yes, faith, faith, faith. And you talked a little bit earlier about finding different mentors and, and almost like these shepherds to help mm-hmm. you with all of the things that you needed in order to be successful. So how do you sift through advice and feedback and determine if it's valuable and it should be applied or if it's like, okay, thanks for, you know, thanks for the advice, but I'm actually not going to follow that. Well, I think that is the heart of an entrepreneur. I think that you decide, um, okay, this person told me this and this person told me that, hmm, but they've never really done this before either. So you Mm -hmm. take that with a grain of salt and say, okay, what do I think about what they've told me? And I did rely on my gut instinct a lot. And I am, I was, you know, you know, late forties when I started this and I'd been in the world a a little bit. So you know, I do appreciate what everybody says, but I do like to make my own decisions, but I do like to do research. I like to hear what people have to say. 
Absolutely. And it's interesting to hear that about that gut instinct and having the heart of an entrepreneur. When it comes to your gut instinct, I think about this all the time. What do you do specifically to really continue to cultivate it? Because I know it's a muscle I never want to lose, so I'm always checking in with it. Is that something that you do in your life as well? I think for sure. I think you're born with an entrepreneurial instinct. I don't think you can teach someone to be an entrepreneur. I just do think it's how you're wired. Yep. Um, I totally agree. So I I do uh, depend on more. I tend to be like a firefly. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. And so I surround myself with very detailed, administratively strong people so that they can reel me in and say, "Woo, we need to back up and make sure we've taken care of this, that, and us. And I think that's really one of the gifts of successful entrepreneurs is if you can surround yourself with people who fill in your weaknesses. And good Lord, we all need to know what our weaknesses are. Ding, ding, ding. Are you comfortable sharing what yours are? <laughs> well, as I said, I'm kind of like a firefly. I like shiny pennies. Me so <laughs> to keep me focused and to say, no, 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 that's outside of our hula hoop is a really wonderful. Uh, I've now gotten a lot more control on it because it's kind of a practiced thing now. But in the beginning, I'd say, oh, maybe I need to do that. Oh, wouldn't it be great if I did that? But I'd have to be reeled back in. And my husband was very good saying, well, that's a great idea, but that's really not what you're doing. <laughs> yes, yes. And that is the role my husband plays too with me or else. Um, it's actually been really interesting. I've begun to like outsource different parts of my business. Right. Just in like really small amounts. And it's really been so helpful because I'm like, you know, it's good. It's good that I've outsourced this. Otherwise, I may have changed my mind five times, but I'm like, I can't keep emailing this person. So, um, One thing I want to, and speaking of, you know, trust and building a team, I saw on Instagram that you recently elected Connie as the company's new president. Um, So congratulations. I I mean, that's a huge milestone. And Having elected her as president, she's bought the company. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) And what was that transition like? as much as you're comfortable sharing, because to me, you definitely, I think any good relationship is built off of mutual trust and respect. So I'll use your expression. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Um, She, um, my mantra of attitude and integrity, love and faith and all of that is right at her heart and soul. So I think she too, like me, had been in corporate America a long time and a long time. She's a little over 30. And she was looking for something more entrepreneurial. She comes from a family of entrepreneurs and she'd been a customer for a long time. So she knew what we do and she'd been here many times. And I think part of that is she believed in the product and she loved the way we ran, we run this business. So she's been in-house now about three weeks and we're working on the transition and it's actually going extremely smoothly. I think Everyone here, we're all a little surprised at how easy this is. And I think it, when it's a win-win situation and there's lots of mutual respect, it sure does make it easy. Absolutely. And man, I almost, you, and you can't, I, yes, you can earn respect, but you can't teach people how to be respectful most of the time. So when you find good people, especially in business, it's 
it's nice when you can like hold on and trust them. So, um, and I think transparency is one of the most important things. We've been absolutely transparent on both sides. And I think that has made a huge difference. And I've, every entrepreneur has a little bit of ego. And I've tried to really put my ego on the shelf and say, my ego right now needs to be placed in the future. And I don't want to drive out of the driveway and look in the rearview mirror and see the house burning down. I want to see the house absolutely aglow with light. So that's my goal. Oh, I love that goal. Ooh, and then while you're in the car, where else are you going? Are you going <laughs> to, do you want to take a nice vacation? What's like one of the I have a wonderfully you- patient husband and <gasps> uh, family. So I would like, to, I have worked literally 14 years without much of a break. Because in, in this business, you have to be here to manufacture it. When everybody else wants to leave for Thanksgiving, I was here. When everybody else went to see their families at Christmas, I was here. So it's my turn. So yes, it is. And you bring up something I I always joke with like Instagram versus reality. And I think people (laughs) assume, oh, you have your own business. That must be so glamorous. And you brought up, yeah, they're like, you might all the flexibility. I'm like, I mean, I guess. You have less flexibility. Exactly. Because you, I actually had a doctor's appointment yesterday and it was something where I had to like move all of my projects so that I could go to the doctor. So it's like, you still, I've been living your dream. (laughs) And when the 18 wheeler shows up in our, in our loading dock and they can't unload and they don't have the proper equipment, it's us unloading it. And that's just the way it's been. And so, you know, we're 11 women and we do it and, you know, it's team pillow bar and we all do everything. And I'm 62 this year. So I said, it's time for the younger set. And I know that you all will figure out a smoother, easier way to do this because I started this. Now it's big enough to move on to the next generation. And and it's time for me to transition out. Definitely. And then I feel like with entrepreneurs, uh, we... We're always kind of looking for the next dopamine hit. Do you think you'll end up taking a nice break or do you think you'll find a new passion project? I'll always have some sort of passion project, I think. But I yeah. need, I said, I, I'd like for a year to sit sit still a little bit, like um, enjoy my friends and family, spend some time with my friends and family. And um, I'll always do volunteer things. I'll always help young entrepreneurs because I love when young entrepreneurs come to me and we do a lot of that around here. We have something called round table lunch and we'll invite young people here who have a business idea and they'll share it with the whole team and we'll give them feedback. Wait, that's brilliant. Okay. It's a lot of fun. If anyone's listening and they're in the Dallas, well, do they need to be in the Dallas area? As long as they're here for lunchtime. (laughs) This is great. Okay. So let's say someone's listening and they think they have the next big, idea. Um, how would they get in touch with you to do a, a roundtable lunch? They can email info at the give a little yeah. bit about the idea. Um, and then we'll respond and find a date that we can all talk. And we've, and then we even gave some office space to a, a young lady who had an idea for a, a custom laser engraving business. And we just thought it was such a great idea and she couldn't afford office space. So we gave her an office for six months until she got on her feet. And now she's officed right down the street from us and she's been wildly successful. So, That's you know, what I love. 
love. Like these are truly the stories I love. And that's incredible. That is amazing. Well, you know, we have people who come here and they'll say, okay, so I've been, I've borrowed X amount of money and now I'm going to hire an agency to do this. And I'm going to hire somebody to do this. And I'm going to hire somebody to do that. And I always say, stop right there. You won't be hiring anybody. You will be doing all of that yourself until you're making some cash. And they go, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> all I can say is amen. Hallelujah. I was just talking to my husband about that uh, today. And it's it's a lesson. You end up learning it sooner or later. But yes, you need you need cash flow <laughs> before you outsource. So, um, and then it's so interesting to learn your background and know that you were in corporate and then you moved over and obviously started a successful business of your own. I would love to know when you really look back on your corporate career, what, what jobs or what responsibilities, uh, have you, have been the most impactful in preparing you for the success you have today? Well, I think it's interesting because at Arby's, I learned about penny profit. I learned oh. what all about penny profit, window clings, special, uh, you know, uh, promotions, five for five, all that. Um, and that was really useful to me. And then in the big corporate world at Doral Hotels, I learned seriously about customer service at the high end. And the, the coupling of those two has just been wonderful for me. Yes. I. I know what it takes to make customers appreciate us and what they're looking for and what we can do. We answer the phone seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So the fact that I can talk to a human person. Is and it's not a, it's not a call center. It's one yeah. of us. So we rotate the phones around on um, every night. So if somebody has a question or a retailer in uh, Schenectady, Washington has a question when we're closed here, they get somebody and can, we can answer that question or somebody's on our website and they say, does blue really look good with this um, sea glass? You know, we want to answer those questions. So I think being in those two businesses and starting this when I was a little older gave me a jump start on mm -hmm. those two things that are really the underpinnings of what we do. I love to hear you say that because I tell people all the time, I attribute so much of my strengths to my first minimum wage job working at the movie theater and learning how to talk to customers and upsell yep. and, you know, building a clientele. And it's insane how much I still use from that and some post-grad internships. Um, something that you brought up is customer service. And oh, what I wanted to add was so many people, I believe, want to take shortcuts there. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where I've seen some mistakes. What do you I, think? You know, I wish I'd found a shortcut. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, it's been, you know, hard work. It, it, it kept my mind focused every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even when I wasn't here, I'm thinking about it. Yes. So yes. I think yeah. you can probably relate to that. Even when yeah. you're not on your earphones, you are thinking about, okay, what am I going to talk about? And who am I going to get? Da, 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 da. You know, it's constant. So, Constant, I, yeah. but if you're not wired that way, don't be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree. It's interesting because um, I do career coaching and I'll have people who are like, well, should I do what you did and just quit my job? And I'm like, no, 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 because not everyone is wired that way. Do not do as I do, like, especially if you are more risk adverse. So 
I I love that. And as you kind of sail off into the into the sunset, even though I know you'll still be incredibly <laughs> hands-on and, and all of that, but when you kind of look back at your career, I don't like the word regret, but is there a lesson that you wish um the younger workforce could take and, and remember. I said yesterday, I said, I sure wish I had kept a journal of all of this because it's been a hysterical, funny Lucy and Ethel along the way. (laughs) I mean, it's been crazy building the machine. I mean, there were times we were literally uh, covered in down in sweaty 102 degrees behind Neiman Marcus warehouse. (laughs) I mean, I wish I'd kept a journal and I think it's a really wonderful way to reflect on where you've come from and what you've done right and wrong along the way, because I think that really helps people. The one thing I told Connie, I gave her a journal her first day here and said, keep a journal. It will help you remind yourself who already made that mistake. Let me not make that one again. Or "Mm, no, this is a good thing. You know, it just wasn't the right time. And I think everybody could, because we forget a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm not joking. I, uh, I'll i keep like a running notes list, but you really have inspired me to keep a journal. dedicated journal to this journey. It's really a great idea because right now I could sit down and write a book where we make you laugh, make you cry. And we'd all learn a lot about entrepreneurial life and what it really looks like. And it's schlepping, hauling, and sweating. It is not glamour and high heels and lipstick. Amen. Yes, (laughs) that is. Wow. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, we are going to get into our rapid fire. So you can answer this. I'll ask you four questions and you can answer them as an entrepreneur, your life in corporate, anything at all. Um, so when was a time either professionally or personally that you realized the right thing and the hard thing were the same? Mm. I think, you know, it's because I, I live by that mantra as much as I can about attitude and integrity. So I, it's a lot of times it's hard to make a decision. We've been given opportunities to take shortcuts and to do less than the perfect product. And you just can't do it. You got to be true to yourself. I couldn't sleep at night if I did that. So uh, try to always do the right thing and don't be tempted by the quick and easy shortcut. Mm-hmm. Normally it comes back to haunt you. Truth. What is the one thing about wealth management and or business that few people know, but you wish everyone knew? You need help. You need <sighs> professional help. I am not that person. And know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think it was finally uh, 15 years ago, right after I started the pillow bar, I said, I need help. Doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. Find a professional to help you manage your money. Whether you have it or you don't have it, you really need professional help. That is a lesson I've learned this year. And I kept thinking, oh, but I'm not making seven figures. And Doesn't matter. Exactly. And it was, it was funny. It was a, it was a client I was coaching and she said, she's a CPA. She was like, Hey, let me just kind of as a thank you, I would love to give you some free counsel. And so we went through it all. And when I say I am truly, she was an angel sit down and I, she really helped put into perspective. It doesn't matter if you're making this much or this much, Right. treat it like a business. If you want it to run like a business and have a plan. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
not, yes, well, let me just do this this year. Next year, I'll have a plan. And next year, I'll have a plan. And suddenly, you're 60 and have no plan. Exactly. That'll be the name of (laughs) one of the chapters. 60 with no plan. But um, And then the third question is, complete this sentence. The best way to handle a toxic work environment is to blank. If you can't be an agent of change, get out. I love it. Period. We don't even need to add anything. And then the final question I have for you today is where can everyone keep up with you and everything that you're doing with the pillow bar? Well, thepillowbar.com is a great place to go. Follow us on Instagram. Um, My daughter handles the Instagram account and she is really good at it. And we have a lot of fun and she's always putting up fun, interesting videos and reels and they're having a ball. So follow us on Instagram at the pillow bar and see what we're up to. That is beautiful. Well, thank you so much for all of your time and wisdom today. And I'm excited to continue to watch all of the success. Well, and I'll watch you, Jasmine. So thanks. We'll tune in. And thanks so much for giving us your time. You're so welcome. Okay, take care. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.